Brennan Anderson. Can you hear me? Brennan? Can, Jim? Brennan, can you hear me? Uh, I can hear you, yep. Okay, excellent, excellent. This is Jim English, and welcome to my podcast called The Who Gives a Shit Files. And we have the distinct privilege of having Brennan Anderson in the, in the podcast for the second time. He did a podcast before on what it was like to be a national champion in volleyball. So, Brennan, welcome, and we're going to talk a little live PGA. But before we do, I want to congratulate you on your upcoming nuptials. So, when is the big day? Thank you. Thank you. Um, the big day is in uh, about five weeks, July 15th. Um, it is fast approaching and uh, about ready to, uh, to get the thing done. And she's a and she's athletic. Just like you, you will have professional athletes as kids. That is my prediction, Brandon. That is the prediction that I have for your future is you will be rolling in money because millions of dollars in professional sports. You know, that's that's kind of the hope. We're, we have kind of an inside joke that they're either going to be professional athletes or they're really going to like theater, and we just hope they're the best at that. So uh, as long as they've got some sort of competitive drive for whatever they're into, um, it'll uh, it'll be good with us. Well, knowing the two of you, they'll have plenty of competitive drive. And I've known Brennan since he's been, uh, since he was, I believe, about eight months old was the first time I ever met him. And, you know, we're happy to have him on. And what he's going to talk about today is potentially the most momentous event in golf history, which is the PGA and Live Tour merger. Brennan, what were your thoughts when they announced this day before yesterday? You know, it was it was out of the blue. Um, first, I want to kind of preface this by saying that I don't have inside knowledge. I'm just looking to kind of chat about uh, what's out there, maybe uh, tie in a couple of different thought pieces about it. Um, but yeah, it, it came out of nowhere. It was something that none of the golf world really expected. I think in hindsight, it was always kind of have to end up this way, but um, the way that it happened and um, the, how they were able to be, how they were able to announce it without any leaks um, is, is pretty incredible. Now that said, it's very early in the process and, uh, there's a, a lot of uh, milestones for them to hit before what they've announced can actually go into place. So, how? I mean, what were your thoughts? On, did you think this was a good thing or a bad thing, or what are your thoughts on how it'll affect the quality of golf, the individual golfers? What are your thoughts on that? You know, I I think in the long run. Um, as far as golf goes, the, the, what Jay Monahan has tried to say is that this is the best thing for golf um, as a whole. I, I think having golf fractured was a bad thing. Um, 
the the argument as to where the money's coming from is uh, is definitely going to be a, a debate uh, now and well into the future. But having a a competitor that pretty much zero budget just wasn't going to work in the long run for the PGA. And so in their eyes, um, they were able to take a competitor off the board um, and, and keep control. Now you could say that they um, it's not quite a merger that the aren't coming together. There's a a new um, they're calling it a strategic framework or something. It's a new company that both sides to um, somehow they're still the nonprofit of the PGA tour as well as this for-profit organization. Um, so it'll remain to be seen how that's all going to, going to play out. But, um, you know, it, it's off long-term because players aren't going to be playing in, in different places. It's all going to bring it back together. And, um, the money's funneling into, into the PGA tours hands. They, they get control. Um, they're going to have the board seats as, as they've announced it, they will in the voting rights to control the money that's coming in. So I guess, um, if, if someone's going to have a lot of money to play with, it's better that um, the, the tour as it is gets to control it as opposed to um, outside influencers. You know what's interesting, too, is what really struck me is odd, Brennan, is when they announced it, that Moynihan came out and said, people are going to say I'm a hypocrite. And, you know, at least he acknowledged that up front. Because remember, initially when they did this, he was bad-mouthing the golfers. He was bad-mouthing Saudi Arabia, you know, human rights violation. He went down a lot of of roads that, uh, you know, now it makes him, it does make him look like a hypocrite. But I do have to admire him for stepping up and saying, yeah, people are going to say I'm a hypocrite. And I probably am. What are your thoughts on, like, for example, the golfers that stayed loyal to the PGA and a couple that, you know, Scheffler and uh, Colin Marikawa and, you know, Rory McIlroy. These guys could have made, I bet, I understand that Rory was offered $250 million to go over to the live tour he decided to remain loyal and now he is out that money and the people that were paid you know like phil and like uh, uh dechambeau and like brooks and dj you know all these players are getting their money and now they get to come back to the pga tour what do you think how do you think these players are reacting that didn't go yeah, so there was a, a meeting with the players, and uh, all accounts have have uh, have been that it was a very heated meeting. Um, people are upset. I I think um, Rory in, in a presser this week said that he wasn't actually offered any money. I don't know the validity to that, but um, you have to imagine based on what other players got. Um, it, it had to be in that 250, probably north of that. I wouldn't be surprised if it was uh, well north of that. I, I think the Tiger was offered like seven or 800. Um, 
they, they the the reports were close to a billion now how accurate is that i don't know but uh, yeah and then and then uh, another piece that people don't really think about too much here is that um probably the most popular um player in the world uh, from a from a populist standpoint is hideki matsuyama he was a, a giant domino on the board because he's got all of japan behind him and so um, that was another piece that the players that did stay, um, they tried to kind of put their arms around him and bring him in and, and, and with them all along. And, and he's a pretty frugal guy. I mean, um, there have been a, accounts over the years that, uh, van and he just took spirit air from New York to, uh, to LA. So, um, yeah, it, you'd think, uh, as he, he's definitely not of of money by any means but um yeah i don't think that's his his motivation but you know it's difficult for these guys to to have been loyal um said no to whatever offers were there or to to not even entertain the offers and now the 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 guys that went get to come back now we don't know what that process looks like we don't know what kind of penalties they'll incur um, it sounds like there will be a way for some of these top players to recoup some of the funds that they would have gotten. Um, because the new entity is a for-profit um, business, it will be able to, to give out, um, uh, whether it's salaries or bonuses, without any sort of competitive um uh, framework around that. So with the 501c6 that the PGA Tour has currently, um, all winnings have to be through some sort of competition or earned, whether that's the the PIP, which is about um, how popular a player is um, with TV time or social media or whatnot, um, or just their on-course winnings. Um, with this new entity, players will be able to earn money. And as, as a player-run organization, which the, the PGA um, aspires to be or, or says that they are, I think there will be some sort of ownership by some of those top players. And the what I understand to be this new entity is that um, assets from the PGA Tour, whether it's um, the TV rights, um, uh, the, the, the tour itself, I guess, uh, I guess the, the competitive aspect of it. And then, um, the PIF is putting live golf and any other, uh, any other golf assets or, or rights that they have. Um, there's going to be a valuation, uh, done to what is this business worth? And then the PIF will have an opportunity to buy, a percentage of that business. And I think it doesn't really matter what percentage they buy. The voting rights and the board seats will be with um, the select members of the PGA tour. Um, they'll have the majority, so they still get control, but it could be, I don't know, 60, 50, 40% owned by the PIF. And then those funds will be distributed out to the players. That's, that's my guess of how it's going to go. Um, how they figure out who gets what ownership that's remains to be seen, but it, there's, there's also a lot of hoops uh, for, for this new entity to jump through before they can even get to the point where um, they're legitimate. There's any sort of valuation given to it because 
uh, you have to remember Liv was suing the PGA Tour for antitrust uh, for being a monopoly over the past two years. And I think that the court fees had a lot to do with um, this settlement coming up. The PGA Tour couldn't really afford to keep spending, I heard, anywhere from 30 to $50 million a year um, in, in fighting that court battle. Um, everything that Liv has said about the PGA Tour being a monopoly will now be used by uh, the Department of Justice in the ongoing investigation. That investigation doesn't get dropped. Um, so it, it, it's a case, if you ask me. So it'll be interesting to see how this thing gets off the ground. So, the, so this merger, or uh, merger, I guess, is not the right word. This, what would you call it? They're calling it a, 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 an entity, a, a framework. These are a couple of words that they're using. Um, it would be easier if they gave it a name. <laughs> there isn't really a, uh, a, game, a, a name for it yet. Um, but yeah, they, they created this, we'll, we'll call it the, the new entity, I guess. Yeah, so the new entity is going to be, it sounds like it's going to be run by the, P, the PGA for the most part because of the board seat. Doesn't the PIF, aren't they funded with Saudi Arabian money? Yes, it, the, the public investment fund is, is essentially um, the Saudi government's, uh, I, I guess, a fund. They're, they're using that money to invest on behalf of the Saudi Arabian government. I see. But that, don't you find that fascinating that you're going to have the traditional PGA with most of the board seats, but the money is coming from the Saudis? That seems to me like an awkward partnership. What do you yeah. think on that? So this is kind of, I'd like to take a step back and kind of explain how we even got here. Um, so the Saudi, the, the public investment fund uh, is the Saudis, um, they're, they're allocating funds from their enormous um, oil empire to diversify over the past, gosh, I don't know how many years, but um, uh, call it 30 years, 40 years, um, but more, more uh, um, in the past 10 years, they've been more aggressive. Uh, they are using this public investment fund to diversify um, their country's dependence on oil and figure out how do we get into other industries. They, they invest in real estate, and part of it is investing in, in companies and in sports. Um, over the past couple of years, they've uh, been investing in, in fighting, whether it's boxing or MMA. They've made a big push into, into soccer um, or European football or, or even Saudi football the, over the World Cup. Um, there was the big announcement about Cristiano Ronaldo being offered something like 400 million to come play for a Saudi team. Um, this is, and I'll use other people's words for it. Um, the, the term that's being used out there is called sports washing, where the Saudi government is trying to 
uh, clean their global reputation. Um, if you think about it like money laundering, you get dirty money from something, you, you cycle it through um, a, a business to, to make the money, quote unquote, clean. The, the Saudis have this reputation, um, which we can go full circle back to a comment that Jay Monahan made. Um, but they're trying to make this their, their reputation from the past in, in civil rights, um, how they treat people. They're trying to have their, the, the, the global view on them more about sports and um, clean up their reputation through other accolades that people don't really think about all this stuff that happened in the past. And, um, to bring it back to Jay Monahan, a, a year ago, this tournament, the RBC Canadian Open, um, was the big announcement that Live Golf was launching, um, and a bunch of players announced that they were leaving. And he took a stand and he said, "We will never go. This is bad money. These people uh, funded the 9/11 attacks, and um, we will never, in solidarity with the um, families and the the." People that lost loved ones at 9-11 will never join this. And for him to take that, um, use that Saudi Arabian reputation for for the 9-11 attacks and kind of um, that cause um, or, or weaponize it, I guess, against live. Um, and one year later... Um, kind of get in bed with them. That's that's where the 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 major hypocritical point um, comes up, Jay. Yeah, this is this is it, it, this is stunning to me. You know, it makes sense financially, and let's face it. You know, and also from a golf standpoint too. I mean, you know, would you have somebody like Brooke Kapka dominating the PGA like he did a couple of weeks ago? And him not even being able to play on the PGA Tour, how much of that do you think had to do with the new entity being formed? Um, I don't know specifically. I, I guess player performance um, could have something to do with it. I know um, back when Brooks joined live he was injured he never knew if he was going to get back by his own account um he he was on the the full swing documentary on netflix which is um which is a, a really good way to see kind of behind the scenes what's happening with some of the players on the tour um around this time last year um he was in the woods he he couldn't figure out his swing uh he was battling with injuries he didn't know if he was going to be um, back on on top of his game, and he was offered uh, an amazing sum of money to to play less golf, and it didn't really matter how he performs; he gets the money, and so he took it. And now that he's healthy again, he's been over the past month and a half or so, maybe since the Masters, he's been um, one of the people that's been kind of leaked about having conversations and figuring out how to get back to the PGA Tour. What does that road look like? Um, I don't know that that had anything to do with the conversations that Jay and the PGA tour had with the, um, with the PIF about this, uh, this merger, but, um, really interesting in, um, 
in that the, a lot of these players want back, especially as they're performing. They have a chance to come back. Um, and it's pretty interesting because we got to see them perform in the majors before, before it was made. We didn't really know how um, some of the live players were going to play because they've been playing 54 holes on um, golf courses that may not be um, up to the caliber, many would say, as, as the PGA Tour events. And so um, they had good showing a number of different players and, and so it's it's cool from a spectator standpoint to get everyone back into the same place. But what does it look like that process of them coming back to the tour? Uh, it remains to be seen. But you know, as a, as a viewer, it, it's a good thing. There's more coming into the sport. Um, it now, it, do we want to talk about where that money is coming from, and do we feel good about it? Uh, that's a whole other conversation. But just purely from viewing the athletes. Uh, against the, the best players uh, week in and week out. It's it's good for them to all be back on the same playing field. I think golf is definitely a big winner in the viewers. Um, tell me who else you think with this new entity, who and who loses. And let's talk about the winners first. Who do you think wins by this new entity being formed? Um, I think... Um, like you said, the, the, the PGA tour definitely wins here. Um, the, it, it'll take some time. Um, but in the long run, it just wasn't going to be have the lawsuit going to have a, a major competitor that is not trying to be profitable there. Um, it, in the long run, it was not going to be good for the PGA. Um, now they get to keep their tour and they get to be in control. So I think the PGA tour as a whole is a winner. Um, I think ultimately the players are going to win. Um, there's more money coming into the game. Uh, I, I, it remains to be seen about the, the sponsors that are out there, um, how their role will work. It, one, one kind of thought process is that the, the PIF, will be kind of a marketing partner. And so they'll just have their banners along holes, just like every other, um, every other uh, uh, brand or, or marketing partner of the, of the tour. And so whether they coincide, whether all the money's coming from the PIF or um, different sponsors jump in, we'll, we'll see how that goes. So I don't know about kind of the John Deere's of the world or the RBC like this weekend. Um, we'll see how that plays out if they want to be hand in hand. A lot of all those live players for the most part lost their sponsors when they went um, over to live. And so it, it, it was a, a situation where all these American companies didn't want to be associated with the, the Saudi government. And it, we'll see if that remains to be seen. Um, again, going back to the goal of the PIF for the Saudis is that they want to diversify um, out of just oil. And to do that, they need to strike up commerce and business with American companies or other foreign companies that don't currently do business with the Saudis now. And part of that was them not wanting to be a part of that Saudi back tour. And so now that it's the PGA or are, are those companies going to remain loyal to the PGA and work alongside the, the, the PIF, or are they going to 
um, turn and walk away. So we'll kind of see how that shakes out. But I think the PGA tour wins. I think the players win. I, I hope that the viewers win uh, in viewing experience. I can't imagine that we'll get more commercials. Uh, we'll see what the commercial load looks like going forward. Um, and then it'll be interesting to see what happens with the, uh, with the LPGA. Now they're sort of partners with the PGA tour um, that commissioner in a, in a much smarter, uh, I would think, to the Saudi money, um, where Jay originally and over the past couple of years has said, I'm not even picking up the phone to talk to these people. Um, there's no chance we're going to have any discussions. Uh, the, the LPGA commissioner has, has said, I'll talk to anyone. Um, my, my goal is to, to do the best thing for the players and for this tour and and we can at least have a discussion about what that looks like and who is is bringing the money to the table so we'll see how that shakes out over the next couple of um a uh, couple of months or a couple of years here Reddy, are there any losers to this you know the i guess the live tour is going to go away um, whether there's going to be some sort of, of golf, uh, a team golf in the future through this new entity. Um, we'll see. I think it's a, a good idea. I don't know how they pull it off and where it fits in the schedule, but I, I'm a fan of team sports and I'd like to see team golf. I mean, we've got the Ryder cup and whatnot, um, which is, which is fun to see every couple of years. I, I think, um, a big loser here, and and it's kind of interesting to think Jay Monahan has to be the the biggest loser here. Um, while as a CEO of a company, your goal is to set the business up for success in the long run, short term and long term. But he, uh, I was thinking about it how to how to put it into words. He basically walked into a minefield by doing this but it was a minefield that he had pretty much himself. he put up this, this defense, this minefield defense to keep the, the Saudis out. And then he walked straight into it. And so um, as a CEO, I think he, he did, he made the best decision. Should he probably have had open conversations before Liv even got off the ground? Cause the, the Saudis, they didn't want to run a golf organization, but they were able to, get players bought into the idea of getting paid the same amount as basketball and football players, what they think they're worth. And so they were able to use that to get to the PGA tour, namely uh, Phil Mickelson and Greg Norman, um, two guys that have been outspoken about um, making a change. And so they, they didn't really care about live golf. They didn't need it to succeed, but they just needed it to, to cause enough stir so that they could get into the PGA. They would have, they would have partnered with the PGA tour three, four years ago before live was even a thing. If, if the PGA tour would have let them. So um, Jay, he created a big problem for himself and he solved it, but, he's going to go down as the villain in all this, even though I guess from a business perspective, he, he did the right thing for the PGA tour. Um, 
for for the the livelihood of the PGA Tour, he did the right thing here. But um, he is hated by uh, the players and um, hated by fans. And um, he he brought the the nine eleven victims in and and shut the door on them and did exactly what he was fighting against there. So um, I think he's yeah. the the biggest loser here. Yeah, he looks pretty bad. And you know, it's interesting lesson learned here. You know, integrate business and ethics, morality. You know, it's a very you're creating your own minefield to step on. You know, because if you dig deep into Instagram or you know the computers that were on that are made in China. You know, there are everybody's got closet. And to implement or to go after live in using the strong rhetoric about human rights showed a clear lack of vision. You know, thinking that, you know, assuming the TIF is incredibly deep pockets overall. Do you have any idea? Uh, I, I think I heard the number 680 billion <laughs> which I mean if if someone with unlimited money wants to ruin your life they can do it it doesn't like you can't hold off the inevitable um, it, there was really only one, one way that this was going to turn out if so if the Saudi government has unlimited money to arm wrestle their way into ruining golf or being a part of golf. Um, I mean, they were going to do it at least with this deal the the PGA tour keeps control, but the, the Saudis never wanted control. They just want to come play in the sandbox. It's like it, they're, they're coming to hijack a train and, they they come in weapons hot and Jay goes all defensive and then Jay finally picks up the phone and the Saudi's like no 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 we don't want to hijack the train we just we just want a seat it's like oh but I I still get to drive yeah yeah no we we'll, we'll just sit sit right here it's like oh sure come on aboard like you, you have the conversation right and and understand that they they weren't gonna go anywhere until they got their seat they had unlimited funds to do it and. They, they want to be a partner. They're not trying to do a hostile takeover here. So it, it was a very unfortunate um, way that we got to where we are. And I mean, it, I don't want to bring opinions into it, but I, I mean, it, it kind of stinks where the money comes from, but I guess like as a culture um, they're, they're trying to make changes. I know some of the, the bigger cities and a lot of the UAE is, has come a long way in the last 10 years, which I think is a good thing. And so, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a tricky one to, to really uh, take a stance on um, if they're, they're doing the right things, but have a, a scary past and whatnot. It's um, yeah, it's, it's still a little troubling, but again, they were throwing their weight around and, it was kind of always going to get here. That's a lot of weight. 680 bills is a lot of weight. Also, it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, this whole thing could have been avoided if 
Jay would have embraced them to back and acknowledged the fact that they had this money and they could do basically anything they wanted. They could just, you know, like you said, arm wrestle their way into this. And if he would have embraced them as a partner, it would have been a lot better off from the beginning. Is that correct? I, I think so. Um, I don't have a crystal ball, but I imagine like if they had started by allowing Aramco to be a, a small sponsor um, of an event uh, or just of the tour and then maybe get their own event and then kind of keep moving your way up, then, then yeah, they don't need as much control, but if they're not able to put their logo on things, then they enough money to just kind of bully our way in and so um i I definitely think there is a an easier way to get to this point but um yeah it's you know hindsight it's all clear to me um in in retrospect so it's hard to say but i have to think that there was a an easier way to kind of ease them into the sport and ease them into um, mingling with with uh, with the the rest of the tour and, and maybe getting a tour stop at some point. Um, I mean the the LPGA has a, a couple events. There are um, sponsors, um, and that could have been a, a model. But there was kind of a, a steel man here um, against it, and uh, the hinges got blown off as opposed to uh, just slowly opening the door. <laughs> they did, and now the PGA might be forced. You know, if they would have been a little more amenable to allowing them in a little at a time, as opposed to breaking down, they might not be forced to make the the changes that they're going to have to make because of the way they treated live. I mean. Let's face it, the PGA has been traditionally a institution. And, you know, everything from not paying caddies a salary to who cares if they wear shorts or not. But it's, yeah. just, it's, it's interesting that it took the Saudis and the PIF to bring very significant changes to the PGA that have been warranted for you. Yep. Yep. It's, uh, it's difficult to make changes in these deep rooted um, sports and organizations. I mean, uh, baseball has made some, some great changes uh, going into this season, the, the pitch timer and whatnot. Um, Took them a while to figure that out and, and, the, the way that that game's changed. And, you know, we, we live in, uh, in a world where change happens very quickly. And so um, it's these, these organizations have to wake up and, and I don't know if that's um, if it's a mindset, if it's leadership needing to rotate more often and, and get new, um, new uh, thoughts. And um, I guess like, the whole uh, thesis or mission behind, behind these organizations. But um, 
yeah, they got to, they got to change to keep up with the times. And I think baseball is doing a good job of it now. And, and golf will, I think um, it's, it's hard to make some changes in, in something deep rooted like this, but it kind of has to be a culture of we're going to keep up here and, and, and change things. So um, yeah, it's, there's, there's going to be a lot more change to come. So, all right, let's fast forward. Uh, take an arbitrary number, five years. So we're looking at uh, 20, the year 2028, 2029. How do you think the golf tour will have changed in these five years because of the new entities with Liv involved now in the PIF? I know this is just wild ass speculation some fun what do you think that the pga tour is going to look like in terms of money in terms of team play in terms of lpga you know in terms of you know will there be more majors will the like exponentially more what does the pga tour look like based on this information in five years Brendan? what are your thoughts um, I guess we can we can just make the assumption that the new entity um, passes all requisites um, that that it is in effect because it's still an uphill battle to get that thing off the ground um, with with the, the Department of Justice looking into the antitrust and then because the DP World Tour is a part of of that new entity the the EU has a, a very strict um, antitrust set of laws as well. So, um, a couple of uh, hoops to jump through there still, but, um, five years from now, assume that it exists. Um, I think that the tour, as opposed to just being, um, kind of same thing each weekend. Uh, I mean, we've got a, a tournament every weekend at X location with, 125 players, give or take, with a couple majors uh, sprinkled in. Um, one match play event, I think. Um, the Dell, which I don't even think is going to be the Dell anymore, um, in Texas. And then the uh, team competition, I, the, uh, twosomes. I think there's going to be some sort of team golf um, sprinkled. No, if it's going to be a separate. Um, it, it might be a separate entity where uh, here they do the team event and it's just uh, in place of a PGA Tour event as it is on the calendar. Um, I imagine that there will be um, integration with the women and that there will be a couple, one, hopefully more uh, mixed events. Maybe the teams are even mixed. Um, the caliber of the women's play while they aren't as long as the, the guys are um, they're incredibly precise and, and um, amazing around the greens and I think their um, tour is, is picking up steam I certainly enjoy watching it their yardages are much more similar to mine some of them are still longer than I am as well but um, it's it's fun seeing them hit an eight iron the same distance as I am as opposed to these guys have 
50 degree wedge uh, from 160 out. It's just like, can't even fathom it. So um, I think there'll be a, a lot more collaboration and team um, whether it's uh, competition camaraderie um, a, a separate team tour that coincides with the PGA uh, calendar. I think it'll be much more global. There'll be stops uh, multiple stops I'm imagining through the the UAE uh, as there's a West Coast swing and a Florida swing I bet there's going to be a, a UAE swing um, if if the PIFs involved they're going to do everything they can to get those players and those sponsors um, of the tour out um, out to the UAE and, and um, try to get more exposure Um it, it'll be interesting. I think it'll be a, a much more agile tour as opposed to, all right, we're going to get the calendar and yep, it's the same uh, 30 or so events and uh, four majors sprinkled in. And um, it, it's relatively the same, same thing every weekend. I think it'll be switched up quite a bit. And I think it needs that, you know, because it's, you know, I, I, I'm a golf fan, and I know you're a golf fan, and you're a really good golfer. You know, I watch the majors, okay? And I might catch a minor tournament or just a normal say, You know, Rory is knocking on the door, or Scheffler I'm kind of curious about. But many a times, a lot of golfers I've never heard of before, and it seems like a lot of these these tournaments go on and on. So if they can create interest by doing team play, by doing, uh, you know, just, you know, making monetary events in certain areas uh, like the uh, UAE Emirates, Emirates, Emirates right? yeah. Emirates, yeah. In the UAE, the UAE, it very well revitalized golf because I don't think golf is doing a great job. The majors are fascinating and it's drama, but it seems like the other events are not getting the fans that aren't like really, really diehard fans. The casual thing, like you know, my wife, and but she would never watch anything else. And yeah. I think if if they can do some marketing and hype the paradigm a bit, I think they can make more money and generate a lot more interest. Right? So let me ask you something else too. You mentioned, and I should have I should have dove into this a little earlier, and I'm hoping you can that that uh, PIF and the PGA are going to have to go through to make the hoops. I think the the, the major one. Well, I guess it, the, how many conversations that they had um, before they got this. Um, this quote-unquote framework uh, agreed upon, it sounds very, very early. Um, it, it's, it feels rushed. 
Now, as far as the lawsuit goes, um, both sides had, had good reason to shut it down, um, to, to settle out of court or, or shut down the suit. Um, on the PIF side, um, there was a subpoena for all of their records um, as an entity pertaining to their investments in both golf and, uh, or I guess yeah. into the golf. So any, any communications they had, any contracts they signed, how much money, and that would set a precedent for them to be investigated for other companies or other investments that they have. And so they would essentially have to open up their books to the U S court. And so there, there was a, a, a very strong incentive on their part to, to not go through with that. Um, it, it was, it was being court ordered. They, they tried to, I, I don't know the terminology quash the, the subpoena and it, it went through. And so they were at the point where they were going to have to open up all communications and all investment, uh, open up the books essentially to their public investment fund. Um, so that was dangerous for them. The PGA tour was burning through cash, uh, keeping up with, the, the multiple lawsuits brought against them by both players and by the uh, live tour um, uh, acting as, as part of the PIF. So um, that lawsuit ending uh, was something that brought them both to the table. I know that two people under, um, under Jay Monahan flew to, uh, meet with uh, Yasir, um, can't think of his last name, but the guy who runs the PIF. Um, and it, it was, it sounds like it was one or two meetings. And then they came back and said, Jay, th this guy seems trustworthy. We think you should hear what he has to say. And so then Jay started talking to him and it sounds like one conversation in, he felt they were trustworthy and Hey, let's get this framework going. So it sounds like it was very quick. I don't know how well planned out the framework is. I don't know how much due diligence they have to do and, and more agreeing upon what it's going to look like for both parties to agree on it. It sounds like, uh, I don't know, like Elon saying, yeah, I want to buy Tesla or buy Twitter. And then it takes eight months for them to figure out exactly what it's going to look like. And both parties trying to back out at some point or, or whatnot and point fingers. So uh, I think it's going to be a long process for them to figure out exactly what the framework is. They say they have a framework, but who knows what that is. And then you've got the Department of Justice that is going to be all over this thing. They're already investigating based on the lawsuit. They're on, uh, on Liv's behalf. They're investigating the PGA Tour, which that's not going to stop here. Um, they're they're going to continue the investigation um, now the EU gets involved because the DP World Tour gets brought in. Um, I don't know how you say the PGA Tour is a monopoly and then they join forces with the the one other big fish in the pond, their main competitor. And how is that not, not a monopoly? Um, and then you've got the PGA Tour is a, is a 501c6. They're a nonprofit, um, which it's highly advantageous for them to do so. But with this new entity, they have, I guess, the the branch of the PGA tour will remain a nonprofit, but there will also be a for-profit entity that 
is running the nonprofit. And so it'll be under, uh, it'll be highly scrutinized how they keep that nonprofit designation with the current PGA tour. So multiple, multiple things to figure out. And then uh, do players, are players happy that uh, stayed on the tour, didn't get paid? Are they going to get paid um, to make them quote unquote whole for what they would have gotten? Um, how do you, how do you rectify that? So there, yeah, many, many hoops to jump through still. And it is hard for me to understand how this wouldn't, like you said, be a mistake. I just don't understand it. And does this in any way affect the corn fairy tour? I don't know how it affects the corn fairy tour. I guess it's up to the new entity to figure out how you get onto the PGA tour or onto the um, DP world tour. Um, if lives still exists, if you have to qualify for that, or they just make you an offer. Um, I, I think the corn fairy tour will, will remain the same. Um, the, I guess the, the sponsor could leave the corn fairy, the, the sponsor could, could leave the tour and it could have a different name. It used to be the web.com or the Nike tour or, or whatnot. So that could change, but I, I, I don't see the, the qualification changing uh, too much. There's going to be some sort of feeder tour that you have to perform well on to then get access to, um, to the PGA tour. In addition to um, the top five, just, I think this year or last year, the top five college players um, get, I don't know if it's automatic exemption into a certain amount of events or if they automatically get into the corn fairy tour or corn fairy finals or something, but um, that's a new development as well. That makes it a little easier to get the, those up and coming stars onto the, uh, onto the big stage. You know, it's kind of interesting that the PGA has been allowed to do for as many decades, you know, as they've been around to pretty much own the golf landscape in the United States and regulate all, I mean, they just put in all the rules and they've been allowed to do basically whatever they've wanted, you know, for the last hundred years without a challenge till Liv came along. I mean, no legal challenges, you know, this is about as monopolistic as you can get. But I guess because the NBA certainly got a, you know, the NBA and the NFL and Major League Baseball, they all have monopolies on their sports and they're allowed to continue. So if they take the PGA, they being the DOJ, takes the PGA live entities and calls it a monopoly, that's going to have effects on all the other major sports leagues in the United States. Yeah, I imagine so. I think um, the other sports may be different in that there aren't people trying to jumpstart other leagues um, and compete. Um, in the PGA Tour, uh, there have been 
actually multiple times where where there have been uh, players trying to to break off and start a new league. Um, Jack Nicholas, I believe, tried to do it back in uh, I don't know when that was, maybe the the mid eighties. Uh, Norman tried to do it in the nineties which is why he was kind of the, the poster child for, for doing it now. Um, they just never had enough funding or, or ability to get it off the ground. And, and along came uh, an unlimited capital source. Uh, so it, it, this, this new tour wasn't unprecedented in golf, um, which I, I don't know that there are people trying to start up a new basketball league or a football league to compete. Um, with the NFL, um, I think both sports are pretty good at adding new teams as as people would like to. Maybe there are owners that are, are aspiring owners that would like to get involved and, and aren't able to, but um, there is a way to add teams in those leagues uh, where uh, in golf you, you can't just kind of jump in if you have money and, and join them. You kind of have to start your own circuit so it it is a little bit different but um yeah i if if people are making good arguments as to why this is monopoly then um then the doj is definitely going to hear it now if they just decide that hey this is a sport and just like the other sports it's how do you call it a monopoly or not a monopoly it's it it, maybe that's kind of where they um, where they fall and, and say that it's it's not a monopoly. I, I, I don't know. I guess it, it'll be interesting to see kind of where this thing shakes out. Yeah, it is. Well, so I really appreciate you showing up, and I learned a lot. And I'm sure that our listeners here, Brandon, learned a lot about the PGA Live Tour, the complexities, the funding, which is always important. you got to follow the money. But you've been on the podcast before. In summation, what would you like to say about the Live Tour, your personal feelings about the PGA, how this is going to be put together, how this is going to work out, any predictions about whether the DOJ is going to reverse this? Um, You have the last word on the Live new entity. What would you like to say? What are your final thoughts? Uh, I guess uh, can't we all just get along? I think uh, <laughs> it it is good to to have the game, um, uh, kind of uh, a, a jump start or or um, I guess a spark to to create change in a in a positive manner on the tour. Um, it's hard to change these these deep rooted organizations and um this was kind of awakening call to to uh make some change and and make it entertaining for uh for people and and to pay the players their what what they're due what they're bringing uh from an entertainment standpoint um i i i hope it all shakes out and um, I, I think it's difficult to just accept sports washing and, and accept the, the Saudi investment. But I think um, if, if they're willing to invest this much money and, and clean up their act and, and make changes to, to how they operate, um, uh, then, then I, I think maybe 15, 
10, 15 years down the line that um, it, it, it's all kind of water under the bridge. I hate, hate to say that we, we want to not forget atrocities and whatnot, but um, we also want people to, to make change and, and do the right thing. So you kind of have to reward them if they are doing the right thing. So that all that kind of aside, I, as a, as a fan of golf, um, I, I think if we can figure out a way for the PGA tour to, to keep on keeping on and, and there's funding and, and people are, um, are, are able to continue enjoying, um, this, this great game, then, then I'll be happy. And so, um, I would like to see some more kind of team atmosphere, whether it's a, 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 a different, avenue or or a, a parallel tour with teams and whatnot i think that would be fun kind of model the the f1 type um uh framework but yeah i think i think golf in the long run is going to be in a good place once we get all of this behind us and uh yeah i i guess um that's that for uh for the golf i just want to give you a, a huge thanks for having me on the on the pod again it was so much fun last time and it's been what two years or so and i've just been dying i remember you saying if you ever have something to 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 talk about happy to have you back and i've it it, on on uh very often i've been thinking like what what can i even talk about to to get back on there um because it's such a blast and uh, this happened and, and I shot you a text. I was super excited. Like, Oh, maybe this is something I can talk about. So, this is, yeah. Um, and you know, Brendan, I don't have, you know, I'm a, I'm a golf fan. You're a golf fan. And there is, and many of our listeners who listen to the, who gives the shit files. And by the way, thank you all for listening when, you know, we appreciate it. And Brendan had another really good podcast where he talked about winning a national volleyball when he was at Crony Del Mar High School. And Crony Del Mar High School does not win national championships in any sport. So it's a really good one. So maybe anytime you want to come on and talk PGA golf, I need a consultant for this podcast on the PGA and the tour. So you're welcome to come on anytime, Brendan. Hey, maybe uh, leading up to the majors, uh, we can we can do a quick, 20 minute run through on, on who's hot and who should play well on the course and whatnot. That, that could be, that could be fun. I love that. And that would help me take money from your father, which I'm always up to do. Yep. In- yep. <laughs> Happy to help. <laughs> Brendan, thank you so much for joining us. This was very illuminating and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. I also love your, your Miami heat take. Uh, you you gotta ride the hot hand, ride with the underdogs. I look forward to to seeing them here. Uh, hopefully, pull out the series. Well, hopefully so. So thanks, Brennan, and we're gonna have you on again soon. All right, thanks to everybody who listened. Yep. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Jim. Bye.